Hey there, I'm James McKinvin. And I'm Dagobert. And you're listening to This Indie Life. This Indie Life follows a journey of two indie hackers as we navigate the good, bad and ugly, attempting to turn our indie hacker dreams into reality. Each week, you can tune in to see what progress we've made to achieve those dreams. Sometimes it will be good news, other times it won't be going so well, but we promise to be open and honest with you. This episode, Dagger talks about how he feels one week on from his course launch and some of the new ideas he has for keeping momentum. I, on the other hand, was not having a good day when we recorded this. To be honest, I was feeling a little down in the dumps and wasn't even sure if we should record. But we do want to be truthful with this show and give a real idea of what it's like to be an indie founder. So we decided to record and publish anyway. So you'll hear me a little bit confused talking about doubt, imposter syndrome and what to do when you're not feeling at your best. I am super grateful to Dago here for being such a supportive co-host and friend. So enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. So Dago, 10 days after the launch... Last week, you were feeling a bit, not sad, but you weren't as excited as you thought you were going to feel. How are you now? Has the week made you feel any better? Yeah, I feel like I have delayed happiness. Now I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so excited about this, the success of the course now. Because last week, I think I was like so tired from like all the all-nighters, not sleeping, just pushing to, you know, uh, release the course. So even though it was successful, I wasn't like able to enjoy it, like emotionally or physically. And also now I see sales rolling in every day, even without promoting it actively. I sell like between five and 15 a day, which is a lot. And yeah, that's just awesome. Like I'm making money. People are happy. People love it. You know, word of mouth. People keep tweeting about it because they think it's awesome. So yeah, I have, I have everything I want. I'm so, I'm so happy this week. Good to hear. And I, I've seen you got some new gadgets as well. Yeah. So last week I was like, I don't want to get an iPhone. I don't give a shit. And actually... The first thing I got was like new AirPods, like the new AirPods Pro 2, because I love to be in my own bubble and I know they had amazing, you know, noise cancellation. So I wanted to try it. So I got that and I loved it so much. Then I was like, okay, I can't have an old shitty iPhone with that. So I got like a refurbished iPhone 12 mini, which is like, you know, not too expensive, but still awesome. So very happy about that because I used to have an iPhone 7. I, I mean, up seven. to this morning, I had an iPhone 7. Then I got the new one today. Oh, it's today. I thought you got it last week. Were the AirPods today as well? Were they a few No, days AirPods ago? was last week. And then oh, okay. it made me kind of like, you know, when you eat, you get more hungry. But like, that's the same. Like I, I got AirPods yeah. and I was like, no, I need an iPhone. Dago, so. it's a slippery slope as soon as you start <laughs> yeah. buying nice things. No, no, no. I mean, I learned to be so frugal. So I'm going to be frugal. You will have the Apple Studio display soon. <laughs> so what, was there like a, a an inflection point for you in the last week or so that m- you started enjoying your success a bit more? Yeah, I think the key was seeing that it was like on launch, we had like 100 sales. So basically yeah. make like $10,000 in, in 24 hours or like 36 hours or something. And that's amazing. But it's like, it's a launch. And now what makes me happy is like yesterday, for example, 10 days after launch, I don't even tweet about it. Just people like spread the word. And I have like, and I think yesterday I made like more than a thousand dollars in one day. And the days before that also without pushing it, without, you know, promoting it too crazy. And that's what made me feel relieved. It's to see that it's selling. It's not just the launch, it's selling. I get traffic to the website every day. I already have some partnerships that are bringing sales every day. What I want is not like a huge launch, but what I want is like, 
three sales a day for years. That's what I want. If I have three sales a day for years, I'm happy because I can make a living, my wife and I, and we're good. So knowing that we have that, we actually have more than that right now, that was the best feeling. That's when I felt happy and relieved. I agree. I kind of want the same for me with my course and I wish I'd spent more time increasing the longevity of it or doing marketing around it because the course is good. It helps you start a podcast in two hours or less and the tips yeah. are in there are great. You can go from not knowing anything about podcasts and starting one very quickly. And I got loads of sales and the launch was great, felt good. Then I sort of had a few more a few weeks later and then it just died out and I get maybe one every two months and I just wish I had that more regularly but just not enough people know about it so I'm interested what your thoughts are on how you're going to keep that momentum are you going to keep promoting it on Twitter throughout the year so the thing is with my Twitter I was already managing to get about 7,000 visits to my site every month Mm. just from people looking at my bio or being curious about my startup. So that's a lot. You know, that's what I was able to do with my Twitter. So just by virtue of like putting the link in my bio, I also have a link in my pinned tweet now. Just by doing that and keep being active on Twitter and keep going on Twitter, because I have between 100 and 200 200 followers per day, that's between 100 and 200, 200 people every day that discover my course because they click on my profile and they see a link to it. So just that alone, you know, just the growth from Twitter is enough. Then you have word of mouth, uh, which is working pretty well, which is kind of like a result of making as much quality as I could and building relationships with people. So like they're happy to support me. There's also that. Then third thing I'm going to do is I'm sending free stickers to people who buy the course, you know, that my wife designed. We send a free thank you card sticker and people actually love it and they tweet about it when they get it. So that's another way to promote the course. Also creates a lot of goodwill because you create a stronger relationship with people. It's awesome. And fourth thing is I'm going to aim to do one thread per month to promote the course. So for example, I'm going to do one about, well, you know, core things I learned. I think, you know, doing them strategically, it can give me a lot of awareness, you know, and it can keep momentum going. I plan to update the course also regularly with new stuff. Yeah, for me now, it's going to be kind of like side by side with Logology. It's going to be like something I can work on and hopefully yeah. sell it for years to come. That's really my goal, because I think there's definitely enough people who want it. The thing is with your Twitter being your main marketing channel for Logology, it's kind of hard to find people with the intent that they want a logo when they come across your profile. However, everyone has the aspiration of growing their Twitter, and when they land on your profile and seeing your followers, and you're like, ah, this guy knows how to grow, or they see one of your viral tweets, they go onto your profile, and they want the same as that. They find your course, see the landing page is great quality, price is good, they sign up. Yeah, well, you know, we measured it and it's basically 10 times higher conversions. So yeah, that's like, basically Logology is converting at 0.5% and the course is converting at five. And now Logology, we're gonna switch it to more SEO and Twitter is gonna be more focused on the course, but using the money from the course to be able to do that. I think that's a smart move. Personally, you say you're feeling good, you had, you were having insomnia, right? Still having it? No, that's it. That's the funny thing is that my insomnia basically is gone. I had it for like one and a half years and there's no secret. It was like not having money and being stressed. Hmm. So now I make money enough to survive. So I sleep better. Like I, I, it seems very simple. But to me, that was like still 
that's pretty shocking like what i put myself through and what we put ourselves through to build startups and to you know follow the life that we want like you do with like trying to make your project succeed like we put ourselves through so much so it's no wonder like we lose sleep we have weird eating habits you know like we are like like you self-sabotage like we have all these things that are happening that we cannot control but it's normal because it's so much pressure and now magically after finally making some money and being reassured that we can have a salary now and we don't have to fear i sleep better again i sleep normally again that's like basic but a good reminder that we're putting ourselves through so much and we should be you know easier on ourselves i think and yeah. another thing with the stickers building goodwill sending people out physical things and you got me thinking actually if i can do that for people that are paying me money as sponsors or clients yeah much like you do with both logology and with the course for pod panda clients i'm going to do a custom illustration for each one that becomes a client you can do a plush because you know i i love this app called llama life and i love the founder too you know three hour coffee marie ng she sent me swag of llama life and she sent me post-it notes there was what fidget spinner that was branded that was awesome and a big ass plush of a llama and yeah. it was actually the same design so it was a custom made plush and apparently it's not that crazy you can have them made and you can have like i think 50 is the minimum and then you send them over 100% the panda was something that was on the list so yeah just spending some time this week figuring how I can make it more special for clients and sponsors people that give me money so yeah. it's not just an internet transaction much like you do with um, Logology and now with the course so now the launch has happened plan for the momentum going forward how are you feeling about where you want to go from here with the course with Log Logology are you excited what are you thinking so it's funny because before doing the course, my wife was every week telling me because she was anxious that the course would be successful and I would want to give up on Logology. She's <laughs> like, yeah, but like when you make money with the course, you're not going to give a shit about Logology anymore. And I, she's scared because like it's her baby too. Like it's our company and so very important. And the very funny thing that happened is that as the course got successful, first, both of us actually got a relief. So we stopped being too worried about Logology. And second, it gave us a crazy good private idea. And now we're just so excited to, to make version two of Logology. Because like when I launched the course, people kept telling me how much they love the landing page. And we think, this is it. Like we should sell not just logos, we should sell the whole thing. Like you just fill the quiz in five minutes and then we give you a complete brand with like illustrations, fonts, colors, logo, all that, all made by Lucy ahead of time. You know, the same quality as the logos right now. But that can solve way more problems that way more people have because most people, they don't think the logo is that important. But a lot of people, they want a good landing page. So it's not just the landing page, but basically we want to give that feeling to people. And we are super inspired to like pivot Logology towards that. So now, you know, we, we can't wait to get back to it and use the learnings from the course also of like doing things simpler, being less perfectionist and just like spend a few months to do something, launch it, and see how it goes. My goal next year, you know, we were talking about goals earlier. My goal next year is like 10K with the course, 10K with Logology every fucking month. That's like, let's do it. You know, <laughs> I'm very excited. You can get there. I, I wonder, like, I, I worry about this for myself that I'm a one trick pony that I only know Twitter. And even Twitter, I'm not that 
great at but i'm thinking Mm -hmm. how do i sell things outside of twitter so i was thinking where i have no money i'm like how can i make money my default is just let's just tweet stuff for sale money off dm people and i i don't know any other marketing stuff really apart from twitter i can do podcasts but i don't really think podcasts is marketing youtube i guess i know how to make youtube videos growing a channel is something completely different i don't really know email marketing there's just so many aspects of marketing and growth and building a business i don't feel i know enough about only twitter and even that i can't grow a business with well i only know twitter and seo but i don't think you can have 20 channels working i think if you have one channel working and then maybe two yeah it's awesome i don't think you know most most companies get more than that like it takes so long to master a channel just mastering twitter in itself is super like it takes a long time like it's just time consuming it takes a lot of practice to understand how it works hopefully my course makes it quicker but you know the idea is like it takes a long time to master any channel and seo is the same like it takes years and i i kind of worry because I think one channel is good for a particular type of company or project. When you have lots of things, what do I want to build an audience around? Who do I want to be known for? Do I want to be the podcasting guy? Dago, not really. Oh, that's a bit sad because that's how I see you. So I'm yeah, like, that's, the, that's the worry. It's like people see me as the meme guy. So I yeah. know how I feel. <laughs> and I feel like stuck now because... This, this stemmed from some like feedback I got from a potential client. I offered them like a trial edit of $50 for one edit. I said, look, I know you've got some reservations. Let's just do one real cheap. I'll do it for you. You can see what it's like having someone edit your show. I'm going to do them. I'm going to wow him. And he's going to come back and go, oh my goodness, I need an editor. It's like five times less than my price. Uh, he said it was cheap, but he's like, fine. Then afterwards, he's like, yeah, I'm keen to continue. And I was like, oh, no, I I can't carry on with the 50. My rate is actually 250 per episode, $250 per episode. And he was like, yeah, I can't reach that. I was like, okay, so what if I go halfway, get a 125? Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I I said that and he he was still not 100% sure about it. And then he gave me some interesting useful feedback this guy's done productized services before he he knows it well and he's in the podcasting industry and he said a line that worried me which was i'm in the podcasting industry and even 250 dollars feels expensive and then i got this just like wave of imposter syndrome i'm like oh shit i'm too expensive like how can i justify this price no no no. i'm not actually good enough to to charge that money despite like no, it's not that. It's the market. And he, he was like, here's some options. You can go upstream and charge uh, and like charge people that are happy to pay. I've got some clients who don't even, they don't really care about the price. They just want a good quality edit. And I know if you go like further in the price, my mate Harry Morton runs this like super highly produced podcast. Like, I'm not sure I can get to that level, but I'm way cheaper, even at 250. But you're on the level, man. You have the level for like, you know, high enough price, I think. It's mostly like, the, it was the wrong client. That's it. Like that, that happens. And it's not his fault. It's just like a matter of budget, you know. I know, but it like, like, yeah. It affected me. So how does it make you, does it make you have doubts about things? It made me have doubts about being the podcast guy. Yeah, that, that was it. It made me have doubts that, that do I even want to do this? Is there something else that, like, 
ultimately I want to do indie bites. But then I was having doubts about that as well. I was like, oh, well, it's actually not quite as big as I need it to be in order to do what I want with it. And the market isn't that big either. So it's like Indie Hackers Pod is the biggest one. So if I get there, it's fine, but I'm way off it. So I get excited about how far I've built Indie Bytes to a point. But then I'm like, it's got so much further to go and it seems to be going so slowly there. And if I want to do that, what am I doing wrong that it's not growing? So lots of doubts this week for me, Dago. Mm, do you have a, an idea to accelerate Indie Bytes? So the other day I revamped my YouTube because the distribution is what I need to get more of. YouTube has the inbuilt distribution. I've only really grown it through Twitter and other people oh, listening okay. to it and sharing it. The distribution for the big pods at the moment is coming through shorts. So TikTok, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels. That's how people okay. are consuming pods or like finding out about them. And so I'm trying to figure out how I do that for Indie Bytes. And it's just so much extra work. So step one is, yeah. can I consistently get them on YouTube as video episodes? And I'm not consistently doing that, but I revamped it. And I'm happy with how the channel looks and the episodes are up there. Now it's, okay, how can I get clips quickly and easily onto TikTok and YouTube Shorts and see if I can get listens through that? Even then, it's like a lot of work and I'm not even entirely sure if it will pay off. Yeah, the thing is, you're never sure if it will pay off with marketing and distribution. Mm. I mean, you have to try for at least like three months and then see. But I think the biggest, the biggest thing I learned about distribution and marketing as I started doing it for the past year and so is like, there's really nothing secret about it. It's just fucking showing up. And then if quality is good enough, and I think Indie Bytes is definitely good enough, then people just spread the word and talk about it. And it just grows. But it's like a lot of hustling and consistently, and then it works. But it's, it's, not, it's not easy, it's not fast, but marketing is pretty straightforward. Got that printed. Marketing is simple. Just keep hustling and eventually everyone will remember your name. I'm just, yeah, mindset's not great at the moment, today specifically. Oh yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it's normal. Don't have to be all excited all the time. And it's weird because throughout the week I have had a bounce of excitement and energy towards things. It's especially about YouTube. Before I had this feedback about Podpanda, I was dead excited to like, right, I need money. Let's do the podcast editing. How do I go it beyond what I'm doing? I know how to make really good YouTube videos. What if I can make the most entertaining and fun YouTube videos? And I came up with a whole idea of a bunch of them. And then I was, was like, oh, I don't know if I know if I want to do it. Yeah. It's easy to look at like day-to-day -day stuff. Like, oh, there's something I learned today. And like it shakes all your confidence and all that it can happen very quickly. So now I like, I really make a point of like looking at long-term things. So I don't have notifications, even for sales, even for Twitter. Because I think it goes so fast. Like you can just do something and somebody say something mean or you, somebody mm. doesn't want to pay you or like something like that. I feel like if you, especially with social media, it's very easy to go in short-term thinking and just compare yourself. I, I agree. I've seen your meme on the notes. Is Big Bird going back to a job? And I haven't seen these, this meme. So I'm going to look at it while you try and explain that to me. Yeah, it's a picture of like a huge yellow bird in a meeting room and surrounded by just like regular folks working. And it's like basically how you feel when you go back to a job after building a startup. And I think it resonated a lot because it's about once you start 
building a startup, once you start, you know, feeling these things and learning to do so many things, you become very different. Like you're not really an employee anymore. You're not like good at one thing. You become like pretty good at like 10 things and actually pretty weird because you, you start having thoughts that are connecting different domains, connecting different things. So after a few years of building startups, you have a completely different kind of skill set that is not really a match of like, you know, being an employee and being like a coder or being a marketer or whatever. So I think that's also why we're so scared of going back to a job after doing this is like, you feel so limited. And so, yeah, that was like this, this meme of the week is this very weird feeling of like, the more you do a startup, the harder it is to go back to a job and feel like you belong there. Dagger, this is such a wonderful meme. And I think I saw it, I just don't think I hit that like button because so many other people did. Oh, that's a very bad reason. <laughs> you should always like stuff. <laughs> so, sorry, Dagger. You're right. I'm going to do it now. Look, I feel so bad now. I resonate with this so much. So often people, family, friends tell me to go and get a job. I'm like, no, I really don't think I can. And you can see in some of the responses, people saying they're unemployable. There's yeah. so many of us feel like this. And probably rightly so. I, I did like try a semi-job a year ago and I realized how hard I find it when I'm not working on my own thing. Yeah, because it's so limiting. Like you can only do one thing and it's like yeah. very frustrating. You're so right. Dude, great meme. I like it. Let's wrap up on my challenge that we set at the end of last episode, which you were very worried that I wouldn't commit to. Dagger, I am pleased to report that last week I worked 36 hours tracked. So oh, shit. like th this was 36 focus hours tracked on, on rise. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about yourself? Like what do you take away from it? I feel great and I want to do it more often. I'm worried about what's happened today, but I'm kind of hoping that's related to other things such as money and the conversations I've had that have sort of triggered thoughts or negative thoughts. Yeah. I'm hoping it's just a coincidence <laughs> that because I've worked a full week doesn't mean that I feel like this today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's normal to have like bad days, whatever you do. Do you want to commit again? Do you want to do it again? Yeah, I want to commit. Wow, awesome. Cool. Dude, I, I, I wish we'd have recorded this like on, on one of those days where I was feeling better because I was on yeah, it. Yeah. I was full of ideas. I was feeling good. I had much more confidence. I was like revamping the Pop Panda website. So you, so you got way more shit done in one week, basically. Way more stuff done and stuff that I've been putting off for ages. Man, I'm very glad to hear that because I feel like, you know, if you have double the time, then it can really help you, you know, move forward with what yeah. you want to do. Awesome. I agree. I've always felt there was more I can get done. And you said that you would do the same, but the opposite way. You would work less. How did that go for you? Yeah. Did, did you work more or less than 36 hours? I worked more. No. Uh, <laughs> but wait. That, that means you failed, right? Oh, I failed. I definitely failed. But wait, there's something like the week when I committed to that, I had done 76 hours, which was huge. And last week, I did only 47. So it's it's still like a big change for me. Like I basically worked like four days less. So that's like a huge change. And then this week, it's not a huge week for now. It's like end of day three and I'm already at like 25 hours. Well, we, we both changed our work hours by like 20 hours. Yeah, true. 
Yeah. Just I, I went right up side. and you went down, but then there's still a 10 hour discrepancy. How do you feel having worked that much less? I feel it's my good amount, to be honest. I think because I'm excited. I, I'm hungry to keep growing, to mm. keep, you know, building my businesses and even making money now. I'm like, wow, I want to make even more. Like not because I'm just greedy, but because I see the potential and I have more confidence. Yeah. Wh when are you off? I'm going to be off like end of the week, you know, for four days. Okay. Take a long weekend, basically. Yeah. Be very fun, I think, to take a break and not work all day. Well, I hope you can relax and just yeah. have a chilled. Cool, man. Should we wrap up here? Yeah, that was cool, man. Cool, man. All right. See you later. Thanks, man. Was awesome. Bye. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into this Indie Life. Hope you enjoyed the chat between me and Dago. If you've ever felt like I have or have any advice for Dago on course growth, feel free to send us a message on Twitter. Our handle is at IndieLifePod and I'll pop a link in the show notes for you. That's all from me. Stay indie. James out.